You know, Dano Seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural low-sodium seasoning products on the market. Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HodgePodge, capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. Welcome to the HodgePodge Podcast. I'm your host as always, Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that. I'm on Instagram at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. You can follow the podcast as well over on Instagram, even though I'm not on it that much, at the HodgePodge Podcast. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, wherever you pulled up to, wherever you downloaded or just streaming it, I do thank you. Um, if you are watching this and listening to this over on the YouTube channel, I thank you for that as well. Uh, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. If you're listening to on the podcast, won't you just hit that five-star review and leave us a little review that's going to help us grow in the podcast realm. So, we've got the Batman movies today. Uh, my friend Al has returned once again. He's going he's gonna to be one of these um, guests that return kind of quite regularly on the podcast. Um we rank our top five Batman movies, including the new Robert Pattinson, The Batman. Um, we're doing it like our Tarantino films. We're just giving a top five of our favorites, a discussion of why. There's also a discussion of TV shows, like Al finally broke down the John Cena and gave us a Peacemaker. We talked We talked a lot of other things here on the podcast, but uh, I'm being very quickly with this introduction because this is, this is a 90-minute conversation me and Al had. And we're gonna have more. We're gonna have more conversations, just me and you guys, next week on the podcast. But without further ado, let's go over right now to my brother, me and Al here on the podcast, talking and ranking our top five Batman movies. Here we go. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you.
joining me again. Uh, I know we just, uh, <laughs> it seems like we just did one, but. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, you're reacting to your viewing of the Batman prompted me to just kind of throw this at you because you were so <clears throat> amazed by it as I was. Yeah. So right off the bat, let's just, let's just get into what we're doing. So uh, we both saw the Batman. Uh, we saw it uh, the weekend it came out. You come to me. I was like, oh man, this movie's so amazing. You come to me, you go, hey, let's do our top five Batman movies of all time. And I go, cool. That works for me. This was easily, I don't know about you, Al, but this was easy for me. It was easy. Jot down 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I do want to go ahead and let's, before we give away where the Batman ranks in our, uh, in, in our list, let's just talk about it real quick. Um, yeah. Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash the Batman. Yeah, go ahead. I, man, I don't know what to say. I was one of those people that was dogging the shit out of Robert Pattinson because I did not want this vampire wannabe Twilight guy playing. I remember playing Batman. But God dang, Al, guess what happened? He stole it he out of. It out. He not. Oh my! He stole first pace. It was incredible, man. It was. It was. It was phenomenal. I couldn't agree more. I had my expectations low. Me too. Uh, for all those reasons, I mean, he hasn't done much since Twilight. He's been in TV shows here and there. He's kind of appeared here, appeared there. But, like, he's got that Twilight thing, like, hanging over him <laughs> like a cloud. And he needed, he needed a role like this. And I love how they it was written perfect mm -hmm. uh, and for him. And, like, I think he also did a really good Bruce Wayne, too. I thought that he, you know, really, really emotional, really, you know, a different kind of Bruce Wayne than we're used to seeing, you know, from other Bruce Waynes. No, not taking anything. We're going to talk about, you know, a whole bunch of other Bruce Waynes, but, like, I think he did great on all aspects of it. And then the fact that, you know, it was more like he was, it was more like out of a comic book or out of a video game type Batman, where he was like kind of Arkham city type Batman, where he was more like a detective rather than a vigilante in the beginning. He might've started that way in the movie, but by the end of the movie, he's working side by side trying to solve you know, everything that the Riddler was throwing out there to try to stop these murders from happening. Mm -hmm. Man, what, what I found very interesting about the movie is there's not a lot of Bruce Wayne in the movie. Like he showed up, I think three times in the entire three, what was it? Three hour movie. Like the whole time yeah. it's, 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 it's Bruce Wayne in the Batman costume. I mean, it's Batman, basically the entire movie, which I thought, was a little weird because it's not we're, we're used to seeing it kind of 50 50 maybe 75 25 but uh right. i kind i kind of enjoyed uh i think i enjoyed the uh more batman than bruce wayne even even if it wasn't the vigilante batman fighting crime this was still 
like I was texting with you, I thought this movie, it, it, it seemed like a, like a Netflix crime docu-series. You're trying to figure out what's happening, who's the culprit, who's doing this. I mean, it was, in my opinion, a very, very well thought out, made, and just, it was captured beautifully. As we're talking here, um, I have a buddy of mine who I I talk to a lot about movies arguing with me when he, when I told him I was doing coming on your podcast and I told him what the subject matter was, he said, well, can you let me in on your top five? So I texted it to him and he strongly disagreed. So while we're talking, he's texting me. I have my phone on silent, but he's texting me. You're out of your mind and all these things. So like while 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 I'm listening to you talk about the Batman, which is the new movie out, he's flipping out about my order of <laughs> one through five. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, this what there's a lot of Batman movies out there. There's a lot of bad Batman movies out there, which was one of the reasons I did not go see this on opening night. I went Saturday, I don't know what around eleven o'clock maybe. Um, Saturday morning because I wanted to see the reviews beforehand. Like if they were like 50, even 51% negative, I probably was not going to go watch it. I was going to wait till Blu-ray or something, but it was like 93% positive. And I was like, you know what? I can't wait no more. If it's that positive, I'm going. And my top five, I know for a fact, there's one on here that people are going to be like, you are effing crazy but i just but that's why i love doing these top fives because it see you can see the yeah. personality in everybody yeah and you're right and your top five and my type of top five might be identical or it might be completely way <laughs> off i mean because it's 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 a matter of opinion right yeah. and yeah. and uh you know i base my opinion on movies and i and i've told you this before the different movies podcasts that we've done um that i base a movie on how many times i've seen it or how many times that i will how many times would i pay to see it Mm -hmm. you know like i can't wait to go see the batman again i've been trying you know the new one Mm -hmm. um so with that in mind my top five is based on obviously how many times i've seen it but in the Batman's case, it's in the top five, but I, I have only seen it once. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of it's a kind of against the rule kind of thing, but I can't wait. I, I just know it's going to be one that I watch over and over and over again because there's probably stuff that I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, really hope they. it's a three hour movie. Of course, I, I know for a fact I miss some <laughs> stuff. I mean, like this. I went and saw Spider-Man, the newest one, uh, like three or four times in the theaters. And I know this one is going to be at least two, maybe three times, because I went and saw Endgame three times just because it was so damn long. You just forget everything, especially like for me, it was the Riddler. Like there were a lot of things that I missed because I was trying to follow the story and remember what just happened versus what was going on. And 
I, I missed a big, not a big chunk, but I missed small pieces of what I thought were probably the most powerful things in the movie. Like, spoiler alert here, when the Riddler just lets that rat eat that guy's face off. I mean, that was, that was like, for a Batman movie, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Something you see in like Saw or something. It's macabre, right? All right, Al, so do you want to start or do you want me to start? Let's go ahead and get these top five out of here so we can talk about them. Yeah, well, one last thing I will sure. say about the Batman is is that no and, – and, and I don't intend to spoil anything by saying that the, the Riddler character in this one, just to let everybody listening to this know who hasn't seen it yet, it's unlike any Riddler you ever remember. Trust me. I mean, he – the dynamic of him, the dimensions of him, he's, I think, 10 times more psychotic than any other Riddler that we're used to as Batman fans. So I just want to throw that out there because the, the actor that played him and, and his name's escaping me. was Paul Dano or something like that. Yes, phenomenal job playing the character that was written. Uh, like I said, it was a different, it was a different Riddler than we're used to, but he was uh, definitely an interesting uh, character. Yeah, man. No, I agree because we were we were also talking about this earlier, which you mentioned you hated the way, no spoilers, but you hated the way he looked in this one. And my thought process was this was the beginning of who the Riddler actually is. And I did not know who this Paul Denno guy was. I've never seen him in anything. I don't think so. So when they finally, you know, revealed who the Riddler guy was, I thought they were screwing with us. I was like, oh, they put this, this, they put this guy here and the actual Riddler guy got away, but they're, but you're like, no. And I was like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes you think this guy was over all of that. Like it was, that, that was the most crazy part to me. Absolutely. So, all right, so let's get to it. Um, I am going to go five so to one, from, like always. Right, right. Yeah, and, I, and I'm cool with that. I, I, I like, the, I, I love when you do that because that's, that's the way I do it. So, okay. Um, so, <clears throat> again, our, our lists could be identical or they could be, you know, completely, you know, not identical so mm-hmm. so my number five is batman begins okay with uh christian bale and that's the first of the dark knight trilogy the batman it's batman begins dark knight and then the dark knight rises so i put that in my top five because i love that trilogy i love the way it was done um bale was a pretty pretty decent batman i don't i don't i we could debate all night who the best batman was but like <laughs> but right but but he but he was pretty good like you know um he wasn't he wasn't terrible uh there were there have been other batmans that were just plain terrible he he you know that were worse than him um but um i put batman begins in there because i i didn't like rises but 
I, I didn't really like Rises. I, I like Dark Knight, and we'll talk about that later. But I, but I, but Batman Begins makes my top five just because the story that was told. Um, you know, watching him in the prison camp fight his way out of the prison camp, the League of Shadows, uh, Ra- Ra's Ghoul, uh, the the uh, uh, God, the, the Qui Gon Jinn guy. What the hell's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, but Liam I'm not, Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson, who 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 some people know as Qui Gon in Star Wars. He he plays he plays uh uh Roz Roz the, the bad guy Roz Nagul right. whatever his name is right and and um again it's just a different origin story like we've all seen the story of him over and over and over again a hundred times uh in different movies portrayed different ways about his parents getting killed when he's a kid and right in front of him and so you know they go back to that and uh but but of course then they quickly fast forward to when he's in a, he's kind of in a prison and I, I believe it was like Nepal and he has to fight his way out of there and mm-hmm. it's, it's just uh he was using it as practice <laughs> yeah for when he gets back to Gotham for when he gets back to Gotham and there's a lot of cool action scenes in there a lot of cool fights uh and I, and I'm privy to that so back uh Batman begins makes my top 5 Man, Batman Begins did not make my top five. Surprisingly, it did not. Um, again, I was not a big fan of Dark Knight Rises either, but um, we'll talk about that later. But that's one thing mm-hmm. before I get my top five, uh, my fifth one. That was one thing that I loved about the Batman was we did not have to see another origin story because no, nobody gave a shit. I mean, we know how he, we know what happened. I, I, that was the best part of it, in my opinion. Um, number five for me. Here comes the hate, Al. Is Batman and Robin from 1997. I despise what anybody says about how goofy this movie is with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dr. Freeze or uh, Poison Ivy. I thought this was a fun movie. Um, I, I enjoyed them bringing Robin in. Uh, he had smaller parts in the later movies uh, before they went into all the Batman Begins. But this one, I mean, this was great. I mean, think about it. So this Mr. Freeze guy is just this character that you don't really expect. For me, Mr. Freeze is kind of like a SpongeBob character, like in the <laughs> comics and then in the movie, but they make it to where it's actually believable. Um, I think it's kind of cool when they go to the um, like the, when they convert the new telescope that they have in the Batcave and they make it into a right. giant freeze ray. Um, and then, sure, you know, Ivy uses poison. Ivy is using the, 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 the signal to get Robin over there so they can defeat uh, Mr. Freeze. I, yes. so Mr. Uh, Mr. Freeze was, is one of my favorite villains uh, of Batman. Um, obviously the Joker's in there as well, but, yeah, five is Batman and Robin for me. I thought it was um, goofy, but well done for the kind of the crappy spinoff sequels that they did till they got to the good ones. All right. What disqualifies me from Batman and Robin 
<laughs> is George Clooney's Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's and that's uh, that's not just me. That's the knock on that movie from right. from day one. And it was made at a time when Joel Schumacher kind of took over the uh kind of like the line that was that Tim Burton started with uh Batman with Michael Keaton and then it was it was Batman and then Batman Returns the third one in that line in that timeline is Batman Forever which has Val Kilmer as Batman and then the fourth one of that line is Batman uh and Robin mm-hmm. because in Batman Forever Chris O'Donnell's introduced as Robin and then next thing you know they couldn't get Val Kilmer to do the next one they got George Clooney I don't okay. know if the movie for me would have been better. I don't know if the movie for me would have been better if if they kept Val Kilmer or not. I thought Val Kilmer was fine as Batman, but he's that, that movie's not in my top five. But um, but that's what yeah. I had no problem with the movie. You're right. It's a fun movie, and it gets crapped on a lot by credits, and it gets crapped on a lot by Batman enthusiasts in general. But it get the reason why is because of Clooney's Batman. If it had either Kilmer or if God forbid they got Keaton back for it, it, it might have been a different movie. But Clooney's Batman doesn't do it for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, so you know we'll we'll agree to disagree, but that's oh, I got you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know that made your top five. You like that movie? You you know it's your top five. My top five. <laughs> All right, number four for you, Al. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> number four um, is Batman Returns. Wow, and I'll tell you really? why. Batman Returns is my number four because of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Okay. I think that she is the most underrated Catwoman in any universe. Um, a lot of Batman fans, and I have one of my best friends is a huge Batman fan. He reads all the comic books. I don't go that far. He reads all the comic books, all the books. He's seen all the documentaries and all this. He's seen every single Batman and Robin sh- TV show back in the day. Mm. He's seen, you know, he, he's crazy about Batman. So he also agrees that Michelle Pfeiffer is the best Catwoman ever because. I mean, he's talking, comparing them to the, like Eartha Kitt and, uh, you know, Anne Hathaway. And even he saw the Batman with me. I, I went with him because I knew I knew he'd like it no matter what. So I, you know, took him with me and uh, he absolutely loved it, just like we did. And he thought Zoe uh, Kravitz was great. Mm-hmm. But Michelle Pfeiffer still the the queen of catwoman in in our opinion and even though and and look devito's in it i love him uh he plays a great penguin the whole story there of oswald cobblepot when they go on that tangent showing the story of him getting right. kind of dumped in the river by his parents and and all that kind of stuff that that intrigued me pretty good and you still got keaton as batman so all those components just a really good penguin, the best Catwoman ever, and Michael Keaton back as Batman, to me, is why Batman be- Batman Returns makes my top um, five. So it's number four. 
no, I agree. Michelle Pfeiffer is the best, um, but is the best the best Catwoman. But I tell you, Zoe Kravitz gave her a run for her money though in this new one. I'll be honest with you. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, my number four, Al, is the one you don't like or it's not on here, is Dark Knight Rises. Um, now, you will hear a lot of people say Dark Knight Rises is better than The Dark Knight. I do not agree mm-hmm. at all. Um, I still right. I still love The Dark Knight Rises. I love Tom Hardy's Bane. It's a badass character. They made this. The script is written. Uh, the script is okay. There were a few plot points for me that were a little lost. Um, but man, it's that final fight scene between Batman, Christian Bale's Batman and Bane that really does it for me. That last fight scene. And then of course you've got the one where he busts out the, 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 the truck. I mean, it's this movie, uh, ba- uh, Dark Knight Returns, um, is one of my favorites. Um, obviously it's top five, but I remember when this first came out. And people, I don't know if you remember this, Al, but here people were kind of boycotting it because they were like, how can they make another, you know, Dark Knight movie or whatever when Heath Ledger is dead? Because if you remember at the end of Dark Knight, the Joker is still there and you don't really know what's you know going on with the Joker. You're still thinking going to come back. And so I thought for what they had planned, because they were originally planned to bring Joker back into the sequel of rises and those plans scrapped and so i thought they did pretty good a pretty good job with what they had to work with with rises yeah and i like rises believe me i i I, i'm just to put it in my top five though um there's other you know i had to rank no i got you there's other right there's other Batman movies in my top five that yes. push that one out, you know? Yes. That might be number six or number seven, because like I said before, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, I love that entire thing. And But but um, I already... I like Batman Begins just a little bit more than, ba- than, than Dark Knight Rises, so that's why I put uh, Batman Begins in my top five versus... Dark Knight Rises. Which is fair because I do think Batman Begins is a better movie than Rises. If we're looking at it, it goes for me, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, you know, but I just think that end scene for me and Rises makes it, I would prefer that over the Batman Begins. Okay. All right. So number three is um batman from 1989 the one with jack nicholson as the joker um kim basinger Mm -hmm. and of course michael keaton Mm -hmm. um did an awesome phenomenal job as batman i stood in line for this thing when it first got announced it was coming out um i stood i stood in line forever like hours before the movie theater opened so that I could go see it the day it came out. Um, I was, uh, shall we say, uh, 13 maybe at the time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I 
I got a ride there from my parents, obviously, and stood in line with a buddy of mine, and we could not wait to see this movie. After I saw it, I went back and seen it in the theater probably three or four more times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know back then movies didn't cost as much as they do now, but when you're a 13-year-old kid, money doesn't grow on trees, so... Um, what can I not say about Batman? Um, Batman, you know, I, I had already been a Michael Keaton fan from other movies. And when I heard it and Tim Burton too, I've been, I was a fan of his also before, before this, but you know, I think Batman combination of Batman and then Beetlejuice, uh, really put Tim Burton on the map, um, as a director. Mm -hmm. And, um, once what it was just so crazy popular there hadn't been a major batman movie made up to that point right uh since since i i believe they they did a a movie version of the tv show called batman and robin which basically had with like adam west's batman mm -hmm. and you know it had it had the joker it had penguin it had catwoman it had the riddler all in the same movie that was the last time that you know and that was back in the 70s i believe mm -hmm. so that was the last time that hollywood so to speak made a batman movie so the fact that tim burton got a hold of it and got the cast that he got and had a darkness to it like the whole movie's dark you know it's just it's dark the whole movie the music's dark the you know the sets are all dark like you know there's one scene in the entire movie that takes place during the day. The rest yeah. <laughs> of the movie is all is all it's all dark, and it's just that a combination of Jack Nicholson's Joker, which was awesome, and Michael Keaton's Batman. I I think it deserves because uh, it kind of started it, it kind of started all these you know mm -hmm. the ones that we're talking about now the popularity of Batman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 1989, Batman, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton. That's number three for me. I'm not going to comment because that is coming uh, later. My Batman is on the top five list. And I will, once we get to that, I will go more in depth and talk about it. <laughs> um, sure. Number three for me is The Dark Knight. Um, I will use your phrase here. What can you not say about The Dark Knight? I, I, I mean, this I, I remember this movie come out and being terrified by Heath Ledger's Joker. Like the opening scene where they're robbing the bank, and you don't, and you're like, Man, who is this guy robbing? And then you know, takes the mask off and it boom, it's Joker. And you're like, Oh shit, here we go, getting crazy. And then <laughs> there is a scene where he's walking out of the um the hospital and he goes to blow up the building or the the, the vehicle. And like it won't go off, and he's sitting there pressing the button, yeah. it never goes off. And yep. that was improvised because he's dressed up like a, a nurse, right? Right, and because the bomb literally would not go off, and so Heath Ledger was sitting there pressing it, finally blew up. And to see his reaction being re I, it's crazy because you can compare Jack Nicholson's Joker. To Heath Ledger's Joker, and there's a lot of similarities there that 
Christopher Nolan did with uh, 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 Tim Burton's Joker. Like you can tell there's, but the only problem I do have with this movie is it was a little slow. Like there were so many slow parts in the dark night that it's kind of like, oh, okay, come on now, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. But when it finally gets to the point, it's like, I mean, it's like a firecracker. Once you hit that, it, it's going. And again, that final scene, man, and, and I love the scene where Joker is driving the van and the fire's behind him and he's just laughing the Joker laugh. <laughs> a, a dark night, man. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 I love Dark Knight with a passion. Dark Knight is the Batman movie that I've seen the most. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean it's um, it, it, it's 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 by far. It's it's. I mean, there's nothing you can say bad about it. Like I know I mentioned that it was slow, but sometimes I think that's a good thing because pacing is everything in a movie. It's oh man, yeah. Dark the Dark Knight is is phenomenally amazing. So phenomenally amazing that it's also in my top five. Um, I hold on one second. I I had it. I I, I didn't want to mix them up, so I literally had them written down. Um, <clears throat> but again, what can I not say about Dark Knight? Um. Heath Ledger got a Oscar for it. And a lot of people think that it was post-mortem because he passed away. I think that he would have got it anyway, because he was just phenomenal as the Joker. And by far and away, I think that many people agree, especially Batman fans, that he was the best Joker so far. And it's yet to be taken away. I mean, I know the Joker movie came out with, with Joaquin Phoenix and, he was really good, but he was more, he was Arthur Fleck. And if case people don't know what that is, is that's supposed to be the guy that inspired the Joker, mm-hmm. not necessarily be the Joker, you know, Batman's Joker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you read the comic books and I, and I don't. So my, my buddy had to explain to me that Arthur Fleck, although he was an original he really ended up influencing the guy that ended up being the nemesis of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix, you know, d- deserve an Oscar for that role either, but I'm saying that Heath Ledger did get an Oscar and he deserved it because it, it was, he was psychotic but at the same time in complete control of whatever he wanted to do. And uh, the whole thing, like when he was, anytime he told a story about the scars, mm-hmm. the scars on his face that have a permanent smile on it. that was a different kind of thing. Cause up until that point, we've always known a Joker to be a guy that had, you know, a big, huge smile usually painted on his face. Right. Um, in in right. in uh, the 1989 Batman with with Jack Nicholson, it was explained that he had plastic surgery. 
to have a permanent smile on his face. Um, there was many different lineages and many different tales about how Joker ended up with that particular smile. But um, Heath Ledger's story with the, you know, he he told like three different stories in that movie. One, it was like where his father was a drunk and he and he, he's like, let's put a smile on that face. And he like, you know, there, there's mm-hmm. lines in that movie that people quote, even if you're not a fan of Batman's that's why it's in the top five. And, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there, Dylan, because we've done talked about this movie a lot. That's my number one. Okay. <laughs> that's my number one. Because I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it twice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll, I'll mention it when we get there, but that's, that's my number one. That's, that's my favorite Batman movie. I agree with everything. It was um, just kind of jumping off where we were at the, with, with the dark night. I do mm-hmm. think, I, because you did mention that, you know, walking Phoenix did a great job as Joker. He won an, he won an Oscar for it. He thought you did as well. I, I say Heath Ledger is the best Joker to ever appear in a Batman film, TV show, whatever. Yep. How awesome would it be? I agree. Think about this. How awesome would it be if Heath Ledger had gotten that Joker spinoff? If he like if he had not passed away and he would have done that, how do you think that would have impacted Heath Ledger as the Joker like that would have been I mean it would have been insane because the movie was insane to begin with but just think about the greatest Joker Heath Ledger playing this this you know origin story of Joker exactly <laughs> it, it, it sucks that he passed away it sucks that he passed away and he couldn't play re, re, redo the do the character i i i did hear stories that the that playing that character caused him emotional anguish mm-hmm. that he actually was medicated for um but if he could have done it again in some kind of sequel um man it would have been it would have been great you know no offense to joaquin phoenix who did great and there's been so many different jokers, but like, and I'm anxious to, I, I really hope that there's a sequel to the new Batman movie because, you know, this one had the Riddler in it. So a lot of fans are hoping that, you know, maybe if there is a sequel, we'll, we'll get the Joker involved, but, and I don't, I don't know who would play him, but I'm just saying, um, I think that, yeah, Dark Knight, is like I said, dark. There's you can't just. We could talk all night about Dark Knight. That's that's how good it is, and I, I think a lot of Batman fans agree. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm just gonna say yes because, like, it, I'm gonna say something that's gonna start a whole other conversation about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So my so that was my that was my number. All right. So that was your number three that was my yeah that was my number three and your number one my right number two two yeah 
My number two is the new one, the Batman. I, <laughs> I mean, I had it at number one when I saw it, but it's all because like it, you're just so hyped because the movie was so good. And then you're like, that's the best Batman. Yes. But after you think about it, you're like, you know, it's probably the second best besides my number one. Um, I, I, but for me, the scene that stole the entire movie is when, you know, this, this something happens with, with, um, with Catwoman and she finds this, this certain person. I don't know if you understand where I'm going with this, but you will in a second. And they kind of, Batman kind of goes to Penguin and he's like, hey, motherfucker, this is you. You're, you're gone. And he gets in his car and takes off. Well, then right. we see the massive and the new badass Batmobile. Oh, my goodness. That loved was the, it. That I loved was the, it. That was the greatest scene in the entire movie, I think. When the fire the chase, the whole chase, the fire is risen. You're like, oh, man. You know, the penguins laughing is incredible laugh. And he's like, I got rid of the Batman. He's gone. He's dead. I mean, snap of a finger. It's a ramp off the thing. Oh, I mean, that that whole scene. I would go back if the movie was bad. Right. And there was like one great scene and that happened to be the best scene. I probably would pay money just to see that scene alone. The scene was for me. Right. That great. I agree. I agree. I, I agree because every bat. Listen, I love the idea of the Batmobile. I love every Batmobile that's come down the pike has had good and bad things about it, right? Mm-hmm. Even the TV Batmobile, which I actually sat in, by the way, at a comic con in Philadelphia, <laughs> the one, the one that uh, that Adam West used to drive around. I actually sat mm-hmm. in that car. Um, okay. that the the um. The Batmobile in uh, Michael Keaton's Batmobile was pretty pretty cool. I thought with yes. the flame coming out the back. There's different types that were cool and some were not so cool, right? I like the fact that it was kind of like a souped up muscle car, like it was mm-hmm. a souped up. It looked like a Charger almost, mm-hmm. where you know it wasn't outlandishly crazy. Mm-hmm. Like we've known Batmobiles to be in the past. It still had the flames in the back, but it had, but it was just, you know, it looked like a, a normal car, but it was just really, really souped up so that it could, you know, it had bulletproof, it, you know, it, it was bulletproof pretty much. Uh, that, you know, he got shot at right at the window. That was amazing. Just to see those bullets right. pop off that window. I mean, that was right. Like I, I am not a fan of 4K movies. I, I just, they just look weird to me. Like I, I prefer like just regular high definition Blu-ray. But I can yeah. only imagine what that 4K version is going to look like of that movie of, of that scene alone. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I definitely and I and I uh, I couldn't agree more. It was it was an awesome scene. The whole chase scene with. Uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin, dude. That was badass. So the cool thing about our little discussion here, there, Dylan, is uh-huh. that my number two is also the Batman. Because <laughs> I, I did, I did let you, I did let you in on that. Uh, the Dark Knight was my number one. But the reason why I don't put the Batman over Dark Knight, it's not because 
Pattinson's Batman's not as good as Bale's because that's not true. I think Pattinson's a better Batman than Bale. It's not because of any other reason, but the fact that I've only seen it once. You know, I'm sure right. there's stuff I've missed, and I'm sure it might eventually make my number one. I've seen The Dark Knight so many damn times, and I each and every time I watch it, I'm just as entertained as the first time. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen with this one too, mm-hmm. but I, I got I, I got to wait. And that's the <laughs> only the only bad part about it about making this list now is the new one, the one we're talking about, mm-hmm. is both our number twos because. We just saw it once recently, like very recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, man, if anybody's listening to your show right now who has not seen this movie, I highly recommend it. I very highly recommend it. And I and Dylan will tell you, I don't recommend movies lightly. <laughs> no, every movie that you've recommended to me has been, uh, I've either loved it or... I hated it, but in a good way. (laughs) Like, uh, we'll get to it later, probably. West Side Story. I hated it. I thought it was boring. But, hey, but um, here is one thing that I will say about Robert Pattinson's Batman in the new The Batman. If you noticed, I noticed it more towards probably the middle of the movie that, you know, because when Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne, he's talking normal. When he's in the Batman suit, he's Batman. You know, he uses the Batman voice. I don't think Robert Pattinson overdid the Batman voice like a lot of actors that have portrayed Batman in the wild have done. Like, I hated, I cannot stand Ben Affleck's Batman. Oh my, I hate it with a passion because he overdoes the deep raspiness of what Batman's voice should be. I felt Robert Pattinson was talking normal but he was putting a little effort behind it but not too much that it sounded phony i don't know if that makes sense but makes sense it does all right it does and you you are no i was just gonna say that you are uh well i don't really know what i was gonna say but go ahead <laughs> what are you saying now? <laughs> well, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add to what you said about Affleck. That's what turns me off about those particular Batman movies. If we're talking about Batman movies, I, I was worried that you were gonna stick one of the Justice League movies in there because nope. technically, technically, it's not a Batman movie, but technically, it is because you know he's in it. And, and and he's a major character because it makes sense that he's a major character. He's even more major than Superman mm-hmm. uh, the way these Justice League movies have been written because that's the truth. Batman is the one that wanted to get the Justice League started. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he was kind of the brains of the operation, so to speak, right? Yep. So to have him the main character basically and you kind of follow him. He's like, you know, Affleck's in almost every scene in Justice League. So, you know, that proves it right there that, like, if even though this isn't a quote-unquote Batman movie, um, he he's a huge part of that. And so I wouldn't have been mad at you if you put it in because I, I wouldn't have said to you, well, no, Dylan, that's not a Batman movie. That's a that's a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. 
No, I got no, you. Because they're, you know, you can, you can argue it's a Superman movie too. Right, because I, I honestly thought about putting in, I thought about putting Joker into not a, not my top five, but at least into my honorable mentions because it is kind of a spinoff of the Batman movies. But uh, I kind of shied away against it. But yeah, I, I mean, none of those Justice Leagues were good, so there were no, there was no way they were gonna put. I was gonna put it in top five, let alone. I don't even know if you could put it in your top ten. That would be kind of hard to do a top. 10 yeah, and Batman I'm with movie. you on the voice modulating thing. Yeah. You know, because every other Batman, every other Batman we've ever seen ever in the history of TV and cinema has never needed that. The guy, the actor always gave their own spin on it. Yeah. And, and Pattinson, by the yep, Pattinson, by the way, blew that out of the water when he was Batman. You can you can honestly believe that was his real voice. If if you did not know anything about Pattinson yeah. and you just you just in the water for however long you're thinking, you're like, wow, this guy's voice matches Batman's perfectly. Like there was so many perfect parts about the Batman, but again, we've only seen it once. We've only seen yeah. it once. We can't say it's the best Batman movie. You can, but it's because you're on a hype. Okay, well, so so speaking of the best Batman movie, you know my number one is Dark Knight, and we've done talked about that a lot. So I'm really curious what movie you stuck above the Batman because I put Dark Knight above it. But <laughs> what, what movie was your number one? To me, the greatest Batman movie to ever be created and the best Batman of all time is Michael Keaton's Batman 1989. Dude, this is the greatest, easily, in my opinion, one of the greatest superhero movies to ever be created. I mean, it's, one good reason behind it is there was no other Batman movie before this. There was little crappy TV shows and, you know, the, the Adam West ones. But the great thing about it is when this was released, it was just like, hey, here's a superhero called Batman. We made a movie about it. You could not nitpick about, okay, the director didn't do this like he did in the other movie. This was strictly the very first Batman movie ever essentially created. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, do you, I don't know if you remember the scene where uh, where the Joker kind of like becomes obsessed with with Vicky, so they go to the, yes. the to the to the art museum in Gotham. Yes, and so Prince the pr- Prince yeah, is right. playing throughout that movie. Right, right, Prince. Yes. <laughs> so Batman then arrives and rescues her from the Joker. Right, they take her to the Batcave, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The that whole scene, his entrance, his entrance alone, straight down from the ceiling, <laughs> was was so memorable. Was, was so memorable. It was it was amazing. And when they're sitting there, and Joker comes in and interrupts the the meeting between the two, the Joker comes over to Bruce Wayne and he says, "Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?" And that put a yes. that that flicked a thing in Bruce Wayne's mind where he was like. This is the motherfucker that killed my parents. Right. This guy yes. right here. And I was, I mean, that uh, that scene alone, the, the art museum scene where he figures out that Joker's the one that took his parents. 
is one of the greatest scenes, in my opinion, in cinema history. I mean, it's it's amazing. And then, and then you have like that's that's the that's the downfall of the movie. The movie goes nothing but up from here because then the Joker shoots Bruce, and then Bruce survives, and then the greatest kill scene in the movie is when Batman uses his hook to to put on the Joker's leg, and then he he could not like he was he weighed too much for the for the for the hook and then he just falls to his death while batman saves vicky i i i mean that's a <laughs> i mean a love story a love action story at its best i mean the batman 89 i could go on and on and on about yeah. batman 1989 it's 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 amazing like if it, it, I don't, if, if it's not, it should be in like the archives of the greatest movies ever made. And Michael Keaton as the Batman. Let me just take that out for a minute. Michael Keaton as the Batman. Michael Keaton. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of think about it. Here he was. He did a few movies here and there. He was not the Michael Keaton you know now. He was some. He did like right. um, Parenthood or Mr. Mom, whatever that was, and did a few movies afterwards and then this guy you're like who is this michael keaton guy that i saw washing clothes for his kids and then it just (laughs) i mean it's it's man have i told you this movie's great i I mean it's (laughs) it's it's oh man yeah it's hard to disagree with you and that's why it is in my top five i had it at number three underneath the batman and so basically we switched you know, Dark Knight and this movie. It's like I, I told you, I stood in line yep. forever and a day, it felt like, to to watch it. And I went back to the theater to see it more than any of these other Batmans. Mm-hmm. But, but I, you know, and, and, and again, it's one of the movies you can just go back and watch and you'll be, you know, Carl Weathers, is yeah. Harvey Dent and... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's got it's got so many little bits and pieces of fun elements. The score is pretty cool. That music, that that whole thing, mm-hmm. um, that was by Danny Elfman. Um, it just the, the whole thing it gets you from the beginning because mm-hmm. like the opening scene alone, you know, you're just it's those two. You remember, and most people have seen this movie, so we're not spoiling nothing. You remember, it says two robbers up on the roof, mm-hmm. right? Right. And they, they're splitting money. They, they rob the lady's purse in the alley, kind of much like, uh, you know, his parents were attacked in an alley, that kind of thing. Right. So you see this shadow. They're, sta- they're sitting there, and you see this shadow kind of come down and then turn around and walk, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see him yet. So then they're sitting there talking, and the one guy's like, "Yo, man, that's not what I." They were talking about some other guy who 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 got thrown off a roof, mm-hmm. and he's like, "That's not what I heard at all. I heard the bat got him." The other guy goes, "The bat? Oh, come on, man, give me a break, will you?" Right? He's like, "It was twenty stories straight down, and there was no blood left on the body." He's like. Cause it was all over the pavement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> so he's telling them to shut up. Next thing you know, they hear a sound and there's Batman. Right. Standing right there. And he, he knocks them both down. 
and he holds him over like he's going to drop him and he's begging him, don't kill me, don't kill me, man, don't kill me, don't kill me, man. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Mm -hmm. And he goes, what are you? And he holds him really close. And you have that close up of Keaton in the mask, face up like that. He's like, I'm Batman. That hooks you into that movie yep. from the beginning. <laughs> right you're like, okay, I want more of this. And so you get excited and you're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, and that's kind of like with Pattinson. It paralleled it a little bit. It might not have done it on purpose, Dylan, but mm -hmm. I think there was a little bit of an element of that. The first yep. time we see Batman in the Batman, you hear steps in the shadow. Yes. You hear steps and they're getting closer and they're getting closer and they're getting closer. And there's a whole gang of thugs in a subway and you're and you hear the steps and they're getting closer and they're getting closer. And then out of the shadow just comes this figure and you're like, you get goosebumps, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what Batman's all about to me. I the moments like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think another movie, except for maybe Batman Begins and maybe The Dark Knight, where you see an epic entrance for Batman. Like, they do it, but there's a lot of them that don't do it well. Like, they just nosh a lot, just put Batman in a scene, and he's in the background. But these are the little details that make Batman movies so amazing, because you know he's coming you know who he is, what he looks like, but it's just, when is it going to happen? How are they going to do it this time? Right. Yeah, and, and the thing is, with that particular movie, year number one, um, he just owned it from, from, from Jump Street, from right from that first scene on Batman. Mm -hmm. And the way he talked, it wasn't, it wasn't too much far away from his normal voice. It was just like a deeper version of his normal voice. It wasn't over the top. Like sometimes I think Bale sounds like John Wayne, you know, a little bit, a little some, bit, some, <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, but Keaton though is like, I'm Batman. You know what I mean? It wasn't really, really deep, like over the top deep. It was to me, it was perfect. And then like, you know, I don't know if, you know, CGI wasn't really a thing back then. So I don't know how much, of his fight scenes are actually him or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I know they use mm -hmm. stunt men or not. I'd have to look that up, but I mean, um, I know that most guys that have, have played that role, I know Pattinson did it. I know Bale did it for a fact. But both of those two guys, uh, Athlete did it, I think, a little bit too. Studied martial arts to kind of, you know, make, you know, make the make the character seem a lot more real. Mm -hmm. Now, if we could only get a Superman movie to do what the Batman <laughs> did, because I love Superman, not not as much as I love Batman. I do, but Superman to me, like, but the Man of Steel, um, it it was okay. I think Man of right. Steel and Superman Returns would have been great if they would have just had better writers on it. Like the potential of the movie yeah. was amazing, and then. Uh, whoever I can't think of the guys in that plays Superman, but he does an excellent job of portraying Superman. I, I mean, if we could um, get Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill, if we could just get one of those 
that we got of the Batman as Superman, I think then DC could be in the ballpark of Marvel. Right. Because we got two, we got, we got two, well, I'm not going to say two. We got one excellent Wonder Woman and another one that was okay. I mean, so they were, I mean, they're, they're kind of in the same ballpark. We'll see what they do with the flash. We'll see what they do with um, uh, the second Aquaman and then black Adam. If, Hit right. it out of the park. A lot, like of, a lot of comic it. books. A lot of comic book fans are excited about Black Adam. I, I am a little bit. I'm kind of iffy on Dwayne Johnson playing a superhero because he basically plays a superhero in every movie. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I, I, I said the same thing about uh, Robert Pattinson, so I'm not gonna. I'm, I, I ate my words with that, so I'm not gonna do that with uh, with Dwayne Johnson, but. One last thing I want to say about Batman 1989 is, yeah, give or take, I think Michael Keaton is the best Bruce Wayne. He he looks, yeah, he looks like a billionaire prick. He looks like a guy that people could fall in love with, but he also looks like somebody that you wouldn't want to mess with in a bathroom or in an alleyway. He looks like he looks the part for me. You know what the funny part about that, Dylan, is is he's the shortest guy to ever play batman he's even shorter than pattinson yeah he's like five it's, eight it's, or something. it's funny that no, it's funny how you you say that and and i agree with you i agree with you that he looks like somebody i wouldn't mess with he plays the billionaire prick really good mm-hmm. um in the suit he looks phenomenal when he's talking in the suit versus when he's talking as bruce wayne it's it's night and day and that's what batman's supposed to be mm-hmm. um He's got all that, but like I said, he is he is uh let's say less than six foot. I'm just gonna be nice there. And um what was I gonna say? Oh, um, I think the appeal of Batman in general is the fact that um, because you mentioned Superman before. I love Superman and I'm a DC guy over Marvel, only because I, I enjoy the story and the lore of the DC characters versus Marvel, most of them are just, you know, overblown superheroes, and Disney's making them even more overblown than they are. Right. So, like, and, you know, and not, and 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 that listen, Spider Man is a, it's its whole another conversation. <laughs> even though Spider Man's technically Marvel, that that's different. Okay, I I hold Spider Man and you know in a different regard than the rest of the Marvel universe. But anyway, back to Batman. I think Batman's appeal is the fact that he's a real person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's a person. Any of us, if we had the money, could be Batman. Mm-hmm. We could. If we had the money, we could buy, We could put ourselves through the training. We could buy all these cool gadgets. We could build ourselves a Batcave, and we could be Batman. I think that's why he appeals to people. The, the whole thing of taking the law into your own hands, when something terrible happened to you, at first, it's a bad idea because, you, you know, he's basically a vigilante, but he becomes a hero when they realize that he's not, you know, he's not killing these people. Like he's right. not going around, you know, a vigilante in, in most people's eyes is somebody that goes around killing bad people. Mm-hmm. He brings them to justice, you know, he mm-hmm. leaves them at the cop's you know doorstep tied up with handcuffs or whatever he 
knocks people out and sends them to Arkham uh, Mental Hospital rather than rather than uh, you know throws them off of a building and and watches them die. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and it's it's that's the thing. In every other Batman movie or tale or TV show, when the Joker meets his demise, he ends up in Arkham. Mm -hmm. In Batman 1989, which is your number one, that's the only one where he dies. Yeah. I I do have a problem with, with, with villains dying in movies because it's like, they don't, I, I've never read a comic book. I mean, I know what they, I've never read one, so I don't know, you know, if the Joker does die in a comic book, but I assume not because he's his main enemy. So obviously it's going right. to be, it's going to be like a cat and a rat. Reoccurring. Right. It's reoccurring. Of, right. And that, if there would be one takeaway, it would be that Joker does die in Batman. But It was just damn good. I mean, you, I, I can put that shit aside. <laughs> yeah, if you try to pick a flaw in that movie, that's the one flaw I think. It right. Has, yes. Is that the Joker? Is that the Joker falls to his death? Well, let, let, let me ask you this. I was thinking about this as observatory. well. Observatory. Me and my brother were talking about this. He, my brother is also a big, big superhero person like myself. But we, we were talking about Batman and we were also talking about Spider-Man because in the comic books, Spider-Man never killed his enemies, right? They, they, they were always reoccurring. They would show up one issue, the next issue, it wouldn't. My thought yep. process between why they're killing them is because is it to introduce a new character into the next movie? Like that's, I wonder right. if that's what they're trying to do and what the first Batman was, okay, they got a taste of Joker here. Let's just kill him off instead of keeping him in the world and let's have him fight, et cetera, et cetera, in the next couple if we have right. two more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, did you know that they're trying, and I, they, I don't think they've locked him down completely, but they're trying to get Keaton to reprise his role as Batman? No, they, they've already filmed it. They, he, he's locked down. He's been paid. They've already filmed it with, uh, in The Flash. He's in The Flash. So he's in the Flash as an older Batman. I don't an know aging Batman. I I don't know his character. I mean, I'm assuming he's playing Bruce Wayne Batman, but I don't know if he's going to be like. I don't know if they're if planning they're, on making Flash like based on in the '90s where there's a current Batman, or if they're making it like a you know like a current Flash and there's an older Batman. I I'm not too sure on that, but I do know he's already well, filmed. I think that what they talked him into because Affleck didn't want to do it anymore to for Thank to be God. Batman from here on out. It, to be Batman from here on out because they're going to make more Justice League America Justice League movies and they're also going to make a Justice Society movie. Um, so with that in mind, they're going to need somebody as Batman and they can't just keep changing Batmans. So they wanted to lock somebody down for at least two or three movies coming up be Batman. And that's who they got. And he was more than happy to do it. So if you stick him in the suit, he doesn't look as old as he looks. And you know what I'm saying? I want to say this. 
if anybody from the damn DC world is listening to me, if you plan on making another Justice League movie, please make it with Zack Snyder. Please <laughs> do not change, do not change directors. Please leave it with Zack Snyder. Please, God. You did a we, good job. It wasn't just that, it was miles like miles better than than the Justice League we got before the well, yeah, because he, he went more into origin story. He 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 spent time with each character and went more into their origin. The first version we got was rushed. You know, it was boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that, they're fighting. They're all they're all together fighting, and it's it was, over. It was like, uh, okay, these people are coming. I'm gonna go find these people to help me fight. That's pretty much what it was. Right. They went and found Aquaman, Flash, yeah. Wonder Woman, and hey, they're fighting. And so here's the here's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Have you seen Peacemaker? Hell yes, dude. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Peace. Besides what anybody says of John Cena, I've heard a lot of people say John Cena is not a good actor. Go watch Peacemaker. You've heard me say that. You've heard me. I've heard you say that. Okay, it was you that said that. Go watch Peacemaker. John Cena knocked it out of the park he killed it this show this show was this show was great this was one of the shows and there's not a lot of shows that do this for me but it had me itching i was like oh man i have to watch i can't wait till friday or whenever it came out because i have to watch the new peacemaker and i would do that every morning before i started my day and then i would get pissed at myself because i watched it early and i didn't wait (laughs) yep i I mean peacemaker was and I'm I'm excited for the second season. Um, I know it's probably going to be a, yeah. year, a year or two out, but man, it was. Yeah, he did awesome. The rest of his supporting cast are awesome. Um, it's just fun, right? It's like mm. un, unlike any other superhero movie or show yeah. that you've ever seen because it's so profane and it's. <laughs> But it's so much fun. And then that last scene alone, the whole last fight scene at the end. Yes. And then when they're walking away in the Justice League. <laughs> and, the, you know, and he looks at him and he's like, too late, assholes, or something like that. And, like, Tell him to go screw a fish. And he goes, I'm tired of that rumor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then Flash goes, it's not a rumor. But let me tell <laughs> it you something. great. Pete, with Peacemaker great. though, it was a it was supposed to be a funny superhero movie show, but this show had me actually gasping and going, "What the fuck!" Like every, every, oh, yeah. almost every episode, like it had me going, "It had a Are bunch you of those. kidding me?" Yeah, like and they yep. were excellent cliffhangers as well for the end of the episode. You knew one was coming. Yep. And go ahead. And like you said, I gotta I I, I gotta agree with you. I know it hurts me to agree with you <laughs> on John Cena, but he did a phenomenal job finally. And, you know, they had a, basically a character tailor made for him. So, so kudos to him for making it work and uh, being, you know, you know, piggybacking off of the suicide squad. And I, I think he did really good. Which I enjoyed the Suicide Squad as well. Um, I do think the show was better, yeah. not not because there was different episodes, but it, I think it had a better story to it, maybe. Yeah. But 
before we wind down here, Al, or as we wind down here, have you watched anything lately, movies, TV shows, that uh, you kind of want to put on blast, put on market for either being good or being bad since we last talked? Um, I don't remember. Since we last talked, did I mention Peaky Blinders? You mentioned that you were watching it. That's about all you've mentioned. Are you there? Can you hear me? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. Uh, you meant, you did mention that you were watching it, but you were like, I don't know, a couple okay. episodes in or something like that. Yes. I finished the entire first five seasons since we talked last. Really? That's how it kind of pulled me in and wouldn't let me go. So <laughs> I highly recommend Peaky Blinders. And they're going to have a sixth season coming out. So um, I have had, I have had, I, I watched, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I had some people telling me to watch Peaky Blinders. I watched the first couple of episodes and I was a little bored. Um, so maybe I do. It need wasn't, to it wasn't your cup. Well, well no, I just, if it wasn't your I, cup my of thing tea, is, it's not your cup of tea. My thing is, I just don't know, do I need to wait it out and watch the first season before I decide? Or if I'm not in by two episodes, then I'm just not in it. Like, I don't know how that show's supposed to work. It had me hooked after the first two or three episodes. So if it doesn't, okay. if it didn't have you hooked, I don't, I don't see okay. any reason for you to keep. I will give you one that you should watch, though, and it's mm -hmm. on HBO. And that one is called Euphoria. Okay. This was a question that I, I had it written down here. You, you did tell me to watch. You, you just mentioned to watch it. Now, sh sh I kind of feel weird if I watch it because isn't it like a bunch of teenagers and sex and all this stuff happening in high school? Like that it would make is, me feel weird to watch it. It, it is, but I, I felt the same way being I'm a 45-year-old father watching teenagers. <laughs> but, but the storytelling involved hits home for a lot of people. I'm, okay. I'm sure, I'm not sure if you know or have people close to you that have struggled with addiction, mm -hmm. but the fact that the main character of that show is basically an addict and, she, and you follow her life and what she goes through being an addict. Um, she, she ends up, you know, basically secluding herself from all her family and all her friends. Cause nobody just doesn't want to deal with her anymore because mm. they know she has a problem. And then her mother has to try to force her to go to, to NA meetings so that she can get clean. And then she keeps relapsing. And anybody that's ever dealt with an addict, and I have, um, knows that it is probably the worst thing you could experience in your life because the person that you knew before they became an addict isn't that same person when they're, when they're using. So mm -hmm. 
it's it's a it's a struggle out there and i understand why they made the show but i also understand its appeal because you know even though it's kind of like a teen drama the, the teenagers don't look like teens you know they're all they're all seniors they're all 18 you know so they're not it's not like you're watching you know i remember watching um <laughs> feeling that way and watching um 13 reasons why with my wife because she was into that she was into that and that's about teenage suicide i mean these are these are things that people don't like to talk about and and, and it, to some people it's difficult for them to talk about or in some cases people are depressed or might have dealt with depression and they just can't talk about it mm -hmm. um or watch anything like like 13 reasons why but i liked 13 reasons why and i thought it was a great way to convey messages to the youth out there that if anything is wrong with you or anything that you think is shouldn't be happening is happening that you need to report that right away same mm -hmm. thing with addiction it, there's help out there to be had and if you know you have a problem um there's numbers to call there's always somebody listening so um you know when they make shows like this i i only watched it dylan because Somebody at work said, yo, have you seen that show on HBO Euphoria? And somebody, and I said, yeah, it's like, like the number one show on any network or any streaming service right now. Mm -hmm. So it must be good. So I checked out episode one and I've, and I, and it's narrated by the main character, the protagonist the entire time. So you're hearing the story from her point of view and you just kind of, you just kind of, you know, want to know what happens to her next. And I think that's where they hook you in. Is as the far main as the teenage sex goes, yeah. Zendaya, is that who we're talking about here? This? Yes, her, okay. yes. Okay. And you just kind of follow her around and see what the kind of crazy shit she goes through. Um, And, you know, getting involved with drug dealers and, and, you know, and then, of course, like her friends are teenagers and, you know, while they're experiencing life and. About sex and things like that, while they're doing stuff teenagers do and partying and having a great time, she's dealing with stuff that, you know, usually adults deal with, which is just like, you know, how can she get money to get her next pill? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. You're right on that. It's, it's not, I can see people watching it and being turned off, but, um, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I haven't seen them all. I, th I think I've only seen like two or three episodes of it. So, so far, but, um, okay. You know, I, I'm actually probably going to check that out because it's, you're like the fourth or fifth person that says I need to watch it or told me or recommended it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really, man, I haven't been watching a lot of, I mean, I've been watching, I've never seen the Mandalorian um, on Disney plus. Uh, I'm a big star Wars fan. Right. I was kind of not really against it, but I just didn't really know. Um, so I started that and that kind of got me hooked from the first episode. That's, that's a really good show. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So is Boba Fett. 
Boba Fett. I'm, I'm going to get to that because I was going to watch that first because I'm a big Boba Fett fan other than the Mandalorian fan. Yeah. Um. So, but they said that you kind of need to watch the Mandalorian before Boba Fett because it, yes. the story's intertwined. So I was like, okay, let they me go watch the Mandalorian. Correct. So that's where I'm at now. Yes, they I, intertwine and mm-hmm. yeah, they intertwine. They do. So you, they're right. Whoever told you that is right. You need to watch the Mandalorian before Boba Fett. Okay. I have also been, have you ever seen on HBO Max, The Righteous Gemstones? I heard of it. I, I haven't, I haven't watched it, no. It is, uh, that would be one that I would recommend. That's actually, if you're a fan of Danny McBride and comedy in general, what this is, is it's basically these, this big church empire, like these televangelists, you know, it's a, I find it a parody of what actually televangelists are like the, the, the show was saying that these televangelists are, you know, taking offerings, you know, during, during the church time. And then they take it back and they're like multi-millionaires. And it's just this crazy, this one, one of the sons of the preacher gets, gets like blackmailed. They see like he snorts cocaine and he's doing all this. He's getting blackmailed. So the whole first season is them trying to get to the point where they're like okay are they going to reveal that he's been doing this or is he going to have to keep stealing money keep doing a lot of this stuff that you would not expect a preacher to do so it's funny but i mentioned you did mention you had kids al so it's it's really dirty so i wouldn't watch it with kids around (laughs) i don't know how you raise them but that's it was it's a lot of nudity and cursing in it so no, I don't allow my kids to watch anything I watch because most of it has okay. has that in it. And, you know, definitely not <laughs> let them watch The Peacemaker or anything like that. Um, you know, but yeah, no, I basically they're allowed to watch Disney Plus and usually almost everything on Disney Plus is family oriented. So, right. I mean, even the, you know, even some of the violent scenes going on in Mandalorian and Boba Fett are still not terrible to the point where, you know, um, but yeah, I love the Mandalorian. I'll tell you that. I can't wait for the next season and uh, Boba Fett. I'll warn you once you get to that point that the first couple episodes are kind of slow. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a Boba Fett show. So obviously, you know, he survived Right. Uh, Re- Re- Return of the Jedi. That's no secret. So this this takes place after that, long after that. So the story, and I won't spoil that for you at all. The story of how he got the hell out of there is pretty cool. But after that, it gets really slow, and then it starts to pick up around the third episode. It really starts to get going, and then and then like I like I said before, around episode I think it's five is when it ties into the Mandalorian. Okay, cool. So, I am almost. I'm. I haven't started the second season yet, but I have finished the first season of Mandalorian. Now, here's a here's another question, and we'll jump off here about the Mandalorian because it intertwines with Boba Fett. Does the Bad Batch have anything to do with either show? No, but I did like the Bad Batch. I did watch that. Okay. Um, I'm a Star Wars fan too, so anything Star Wars, I gotta check out. 
And um, no, the Bad Batch is a thing on its own that they just decided to do. Um, it's from a comic book. There's a Dark Horse comic called Bad Batch. Okay. Um, but they didn't just pull that one out of thin air. When they bought the rights to Lucasfilm, they bought the rights to everything Star Wars. Like they they own it all, so they can do what they want with it. And in the hands of Kathleen Kennedy, it was really annoying. But in the hands of John Favreau, see, he's trying to do it justice because he is just as much a Star Wars fan as you or I. So he's really it's almost like even though he's a famous director, it's almost like he's a fan that got a hold of the Star Wars universe and now he gets to mold it like clay and gets to do whatever he wants with it. He's the one behind the Mandalorian. He's the one behind Boba Fett. He's also the one behind Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is coming out soon. And that that's got looks Ewan... phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And that's got Ewan McGregor back reprising that role and Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader's. Yes. John Favreau, that guy is considered a legend in all nerdology. Like he started the MCU with, with Iron Man. He started yeah. this crazy spinoff series, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett. He is a legend in nerdology here. <laughs> See, I just wish that they would let him do the next round of Star Wars movies because make no oh mistake, my God. They're, gonna milk this. they're gonna milk this for everything it's worth. I'm not saying they're gonna make an episodes 10, 11, and 12 because the Star the Skywalker lineage is over. Basically, it, if it was a nine-part series, you had episodes four, five, and six, you know, in the beginning, and then they went back to the prequels one, two, and three, and then they went and did seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you know, nine's called the rise of Skywalker. So you're still talking about the Skywalkers in all nine movies. After that, there's no reason to talk about the Skywalkers anymore, except for being a legend. Right. So moving forward, what they're planning on doing is they're planning on doing a, a, a Knights of the Old Republic. Um trilogy which okay. takes place a hundred years before episode one Ooh, and the main villain and the main villain in that trilogy is darth plagueis who is a lord of the sith that trained palpatine Ooh. that I hope they do it justice. I hope they do it justice. That's why I hope they let Favreau do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. it'd be because uh, I know he would do. It. I know he would do it right. Well, Al, look, man, we've been on here an hour and a half. We do this every time. We said we're going to do a top five, and then we end up just talking about movies and shows. But look, man, I appreciate you uh, jumping back on here and doing the top five Batman movies. That's right. And the last thing I'm going to say to you, Dylan, and to all your listeners out there is if you have not seen The Batman starring <laughs> Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, and Colin Farrell as Penguin, uh, you're doing yourself an injustice. So 
get out there and see it because trust me, it's worth every freaking penny. Where can people find your podcast around the turnbuckle? Is it on podcasts or is it just on YouTube, Facebook? Where's that at? They can find all my around the turnbuckle episodes on our YouTube channel, which is 2M1L Media. Um, and all our other shows are on there too, not just around the turnbuckle, but Around the Turnbuckle is live every Sunday at 6 o'clock. We have an interview with a new wrestler each and every week. And all, that's all we do. We support local independent professional wrestling in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, New York areas. Although we do interview people from all over the country. And we've even interviewed some people from across the season. We got some major wrestling legends coming up this summer. So subscribe to my channel and you guys will catch all those, you know, live as we do them. I can't wait. I can't announce any names at this time because I don't have them locked down. And I don't have their dates locked down, but the names that have been thrown my way from some of the friends that I've made in the business, you're not going to want to miss. Cool, man. I happen to enjoy, guys, still listening. I happen to enjoy, they do these, if WWE or AEW does these big pay-per-views, they do previews. I love listening to those because I uh, we I used to do those all the time on the podcast and uh, brings back good memories of what we think, uh, you know, what, what a fan thinks is going to happen besides what really does happen in the end. <laughs> we are going to do a WrestleMania special on WrestleMania weekend. I don't know what day since the fact that WrestleMania is two days this year. It's, it's, uh, there's a day one and a day two. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. So perhaps we'll do it Friday night before SmackDown because once SmackDown happens on that Friday night, well, then right after that, you have the Hall of Fame ceremony mm -hmm. and that kind of gets WrestleMania weekend off and rolling. So if, Maybe we'll do a, a preview show that Friday before SmackDown because once SmackDown starts, man, that, that's when WrestleMania officially kind of kicks off that weekend. Yep. Well, Al, look, I again, I appreciate it. Obviously, we're going to have you on again. Don't know when, when, uh, when, when or what we're going to do, but we will do something. You never know, here with the us, right, Dylan? Like we, we, <laughs> we've spontaneously text each other or something and uh you know something piques our interest and like oh you know what we need to talk about that so listen man i, I appreciate you to the max having me on your show continued success and everything you do of course and uh you know get out there and watch some of them movies man and watch some <laughs> of them shows because uh people they they know people love people love to talk movies and, and tv and, and and you do a great job fantastic job at doing that so keep up the good work brother well, appreciate it, man. You have a good one, dude. I will uh, let you know when this goes up. I'm thinking it's going to go up in a couple of weeks. Um, or it would go up Monday, but I already have a podcast scheduled to go up uh, this coming Monday. So I will let you know once it goes up and uh, you can do whatever you want to share it, whatever, listen, whatever. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me, brother. All right, brother. We'll do this again. Thanks. You know, Dano's seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural low-sodium seasoning products on the market. 
Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural, unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HodgePodge, capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. Mm-hmm.